0: Where I was going to end uh, would have been as follows. Once we complete this public hearing, mm-hmm. we would beg leave of the committee and leave and go home mm-hmm. and let the committee meet whoever has evidence to substantiate whatever. Mm-hmm. Subsequently, share that evidence with us, who we'll spend time to review it and invite us back. Council, leave
1: that to us i've never seen somebody going to play a football match and as a matter of fact is trying to determine the scores i know you are a lawyer of repute but leave it to the committee and credit us with the modicum of honesty one powers of discretion And above all, common sense. Trust me, and and, and I I want to say so. And all the members here, Patrick Buama is not cheap. My brother, my my vice chairman, is not cheap. These are police officers. What would be the credit to us to mess up your client, the head of the police service, and by extension, the entire service. All these matters, we've been educated about it. And we, we, we will tell you how we're going to run these matters. In fact, we need to also do serious consultations as well, because even in our meeting, I don't have to tell you everything, before we met you, some issues have come up. It's not got to do with any evidence, it's got to do with procedure, command structures and how you treat the one in China. We will look at all these things. So please don't be apprehensive about anything. What you are going to get from this committee is that the IGP and any other witness will never be shortchanged by this committee. I want to state that forcefully because people are calling me about it. I tell be very sensitive about what you are doing. There's nobody here that will use this platform to discredit. You won't do it. To cancel, I mean... uh, Chairman, thank you. Well, be rest assured. Leader, you want to leave here? Okay.
2: Chairman, let me thank you very much, and let me thank the committee for the work so far. And let me take the opportunity to let the police service... know The police service is not on track. And I I was very clear in my mind when I stood up on the floor of parliament to basically call on the speaker. And all the reason I did that was because I heard voices of professional police officers, supposedly, said things that were unbelievable, that I thought should not be said. Mm. And I said to myself that, is this true? If this is true and it permeates... In the police service we need to know and address it in recommendations so that we can be sure that we have professional police service that will protect the interests of this country especially when it comes to the stability of this country and our democracy which is really renewed every four years in elections and so to the proud police officers that are dedicated and professionals that are honest, that are doing the right thing. There's nothing to worry about. And so uh, I want to thank you. The police service is on trial. Good people at the police service are not on trial. People who are in the police service, who are turning it into a political football, are those who we want to fish out. And that's the mandate of this committee. Thank you. Well said. Now, unknown
1: to me... um, and in the background is the deputy interior minister honorable nana a i'm sorry we, we were hiding so we didn't see you yes as, as an mp this is your rightful place i'm sorry about it yeah where is uh, the honorable deputy minister oh, oh please why don't you come and take your rightful place as a member of parliament You are okay here, but may I know whether you came to give solidarity to the Inspector General of Police or you came to observe proceedings? The, The IGP must be important, you know. Yes, 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 yes. I see. Good to know you Okay Now I will ask A few questions And then I won't go beyond it And then I'll give space to My brother Over here And then I'll come to Vice If he has more things to say I got the impression that When you are Um a senior police officer. You can be an ADC to anybody, and it doesn't matter who um, is in power. It seems to me that is your lot.
3: Is that not so? Honorable Chair, the most important thing is this. We are police officers Who are sworn and both to do the job of policing. And wherever you are assigned, you have no choice and you don't complain. Yes. I got the impression um,
1: you were with uh, Professor, my lecturer in company law, one of the best lecturers I've met, a pleasant memory Professor, uh, John Evans Atamels. You know, when was vice
3: president? You were the AD camp, were you? Honorable chair, I think I've addressed this question a couple of times, and did indicate that I was an ADC. Good.
1: So, yes, and 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 I, I I get the flow. I get the flow. I'm not confused at all. And also, um, from um, you also helped. Um, now, the National Security Minister as a special assistant. The same man. Yes, I did. And when he left the place, um, um, Honorable Kwame Nabatels came, also an MPP man, and then you, you were there to assist. Yes, I did. Okay, fine. Now, there is something very interesting, and it is that. You have been uh, dealing with um, um, the former president, um, president, former president John Mahama, and you've been, you've been <laughs> I nearly said, you've been flirting. No? <laughs> you've been engaging consistently. Is there any truth
3: in that? And what is the content of your engagement? Honorable chair, that is incorrect. Another set of allegations, just another set of allegations just as it is, to make it look that I'm a policeman who is doing politics. I am not. I'm a professional police officer. And I don't do sex things. So it is falsehood. Unless maybe they have something to prove that. But it is falsehood.
1: It's not true.
3: It's, it's not true. So they should stop it. They can use any other means to get any other thing that they want. But not lying about me in a serious manner. I thank you. Is
1: there anything wrong? Honourable Chair, let me finish. Let me finish. Is there anything wrong for an Inspector General of Police to be talking to the opposition leader? Is there anything
3: wrong? Honourable Chair, the position of Inspector General of Police and by extension every police officer, is to serve the good people of this country, of which the former president is one of those. And there is nothing wrong with that. But there is a distinction between something that has happened and something that has not happened, and people want to create it in order to make their case look good, so as to, for them to get what they want. Because they know that type of information sells and that is shameful. Do you visit
1: um, ex president
3: Dramani um, Mahama? Do you visit him? Honorable chair, I don't visit. He says something to the vice and the former president, I don't. Does he visit you? Honorable <sighs> chair. The former president does not visit me. Will you rebuff his visits and why? Honorable Chair, like I said, I am a professional police officer. We are servants of the people, including His Excellency, the former president. And in my earlier submission, I did say, if including a child of a week old, as more as there is a service from policing point of view to be provided, whoever is involved, I have a constitutional duty and responsibility to get it done. And that is what it is. Very good. There
1: is a, a – um, would I be right to say that, I mean, in terms of rank, you are a subordinate of the RGB? Okay, fine. There is a member of uh, Parliament here, and uh, he's a member of the committee, and he support me And he says that he has some questions for you. I've told him that uh, uh, you should be careful that all the rules about uh, uh, command structure and uh, uh, service inquiry and, and
0: uh,
1: um, police cancer you should not write a book. This afternoon, so please, honorable member. Before you is your superior.
0: Oh, and I say, oh, oh, so sorry, sorry. Yes, oh, oh, no, I'm not. Uh, you, you described my colleague as a he's a retired superintendent of police. Oh,
4: okay.
0: He left the service admirably, and so. Uh, now there are no strings attached whatsoever. Oh, okay. if, if you put him in that pigeonhole, uh, you know, you're mentioning a uh, uh, service inquiry, and so it means that wow. he could actually become the subject of okay. an inquiry if he doesn't comport himself well in the presence of the IGP. We need to clear the air that my colleague is a retired officer, just as Honorable um, Ophelia is. She is also a retired police woman. She is no longer subject to the discipline of the service. Okay. So we need to highlight uh, some of these things um, so that we are guided. I can see the RGP's lawyer is laughing
1: you know, because he knows that if these people were serving police officers, they wouldn't be sitting here. I forgive your trespasses. I forgive your trespasses. So, um,
0: Honorable, the IG is before you. Yeah. Thank you very much, Honorable Chairman. I think that the Ghana Police Service is very proud to have members coming from that angle sitting in Parliament, because there are some technical issues that anytime we find ourselves in committees like this, would provide some level of expertise. And that is why even the Chairman himself is confused. He thinks that... Having served as a police officer before, if I sit as a member of parliament and the inspector general of police is before me to ask questions, I will be a bit intimidated because he used to be my boss. That is not the case. What is the case is that the IGP is happy to find some of his sons in other jurisdictions doing fantastically well and still making the police proud wherever we find ourselves. Mr. Chairman, I. We want to take the opportunity to let the IGP know, as you said it, and I need to re-echo, the Ghana Police Service is not on trial. No. The Inspector General of Police is not an accused person. What we are doing, strictly according to our mandate, is to ensure, the bigger picture is that we should ensure that we have a better Ghana Police Service. A police service that is professional, A police service that respects the laws of this country. And a police service that can work well for us to go and sleep and sleep well. So if you head that institution, anytime we find you, we'll revere you, praying that you appreciate the fact that you are appointed to discharge a particular function. And in this broad country where you have your role to play, it is our prayer that you do it well. So that one day when you retire, as your colleagues are all gone, I work with Mr. Porter. we are I've worked with Mr. Ahmed, 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 Alison, I have worked with um, Mr. David Asantep you too. So just be aware that one day you will also be gone. But when you are gone, what will be your legacy? The question. IG, all these things you are talking about is all about your leadership style and what is your vision. So my first question is what is your vision as Inspector General of Ghana Police Service?
3: Thank you very much. The first point I have to make is that even though it has been handled, even if my colleagues were to be in the service, they would still have the privilege of asking me questions and asking them because I have a listening ear. And I keep telling my colleagues here, and they keep even teasing me with it. Because I tell them, God knows why. He gave us each of one each one of us two years and one month. From that analysis philosophically, I think God wants us to listen more and talk half of the time of the listening. That is why the ratio is two is to one. You listen twice you speak once that is my understanding so the police I lead I work it out in such a way that my colleagues and I as we tour the country engaging the police people across the country something I've done about 92% with all my colleagues and then engaging the pers- the personnel
0: and the communities sorry sorry, sorry sorry, chairman sorry you know I won't allow you to take a whole of the time because I want you to go and rest. But you answer my question. What is the vision of the IGP? Straight, just simple. Because there are questions that will follow. I just want you to state the vision, then we'll go ahead.
3: Thank you. Honorable Chair, allow me to finish was about landing so that I'm not cut halfway. And also I will plead with you in order to ensure that I flow appropriately. I'm very measured in terms of the answers I give and you have failed it. I know when to end it. So, the important point is that this engagement gives me the privilege to hear more and work with our colleagues to use it to improve it. And even that, as I speak to you, is a part of the vision that I came onto the position with. But that vision has to be in tandem with the vision of the police service. And that is my vision. My personal vision is my commitment to work in concert with my leaders my my officers at the national level at the regional level at the divisional level at the district level at the station level to turn the corner in terms of policing in this country and like i said to make the police the best issue in the country and a reference point for africa and beyond and this also sit where with the broad vision of the police service which is to become a world-class police service capable of delivering a planned, democratic, protective, and peaceful services up to the standard of international best practice. So when we get to the standard of international best practice, then definitely there's every indication that we become a best institution that people can use us as a reference point when they want to set standards. So
0: that is what it is. I thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you very much. I.G., on your appointment, you were seen by many as the constable's I.G.P., the sergeant's I.G.P. In other words, the other ranks I.G.P., because you've been a constable before. You've been a sergeant before. You were seen at the senior police officer's I.G.P., because you've traveled from ASP to where you are now. You were seen at the academic's I.G.P., you hold a PhD, you were seen as a professional. And in fact, many of the professionals see you as one of them. And they believe that if you fail, you will not be forgiven. You have promotion speedily. In less than seven years, you moved from constable to superintendent. And that was academic. I am referring you to regulation, the police service regulation, 2012. If I read regulation 37.7, it says... So that's year 76. An officer who attains higher academic qualification is not entitled to promotion by reason only of that academic qualification. This is the lacuna in this instrument from 2012 up to date. It's more than 10 years. People have gone to school, they've completed. But the law says you cannot be promoted by virtue of just having that academic certificate alone. Having benefited from academic, academic promotions yourself. Do you think it is time to look at this provision again? Honorable Chair,
3: this provision like Honorable Member did refer to has been in existence since 2012 and if I'm not mistaken October of that year and there has been something that has been implemented since then by all successive police administrations and the Ghana Police Service under my watch now is ensuring compliance compliance of that law so our hands are tied when it comes to people who have gone to school and they are coming and they are asking for promotion and it didn't start on the watch of this current administration it is eleven years or more ago and this is something that has been implemented but unfortunately it is being circulated around and making it feel that I see if my, the current administration that I lead we have denying people their promotion because they have gone to school. And then it has become difficult for me to speak to it because after they have petitioned the police council asking for some sort of mercy in terms of this promotion. And why is the police council was considering the matter? They took it to court. So it's not something that is the creation of the current administration. It is 11 or something years old, and the people involved know it. But they present the matter out there and make it look like it is the current administration which has come to invent something to deny their promotion. That is not a good thing that you allow your selfish interest to overshadow the reputation of an institution and an individual and a team leading it now. So in terms of the attempt to change it, Honourable Chair, the law is as it is. We cannot involve ourselves as an administration in legality as those who came before us did not involve himself in that illegality so if there is anything to be done about it that would be the suggestion you are looking at because i am a believer of education not for the purposes of getting a paper qualification but a mental qualification of knowledge and not just having the knowledge stored in your head but the knowledge being applied because it is only then then knowledge become power is not it accumulation with that application. So, one hour check. So, the matter is determined in court. It will be difficult for me to speak to the possible amendment or otherwise of that regulation. I thank you.
0: I, I think the question is seeking to elicit an opinion from you, looking at the way the provision is couched, you know and so we are aware that some officers have sued, but nevertheless, you know such an opinion would not be prejudicial to what is before the courts because. This committee, if you look at the terms of reference, we have also been tasked to make recommendations which possibly could lead to legislative reform. And so that is, I think, what the Honorable Peter had in mind. We are not dragging you into... Depending pending litigation where you could be cited for or contempt. In any case, you are privileged because you are before Parliament. Whatever happens here, I mean, nobody can uh, take you out and uh, cite you for contempt for speaking to a committee of Parliament. Because you are the one who uh, implements this particular um, regulation. So if it is no longer fit for purpose, I mean, you could share your thoughts with us, and then we can be guided as a committee. I mean, it's very important, this particular provision. Yes.
1: Cancel, you want to make an intervention? No, no, no. no. Yes. Uh,
5: Mr. Chairman, I'll, I'll not, I was yes. just worried about um, the pending case.
1: Yes. Uh, in fact, yes. I was going to yes. respectfully invite the IGP um, to do a paper. If he doesn't have confidence in this uh, regulation. And then we'll know how the minister will have to do the necessary amendments. So that's what it is. I don't want them to dilate on the entire thing, but the legal department is uh, coming to, you can do a paper that, look, this is very inimical to, I mean, uh, the progress of um, uh, others in the service of otherwise. So please, let's leave it as it is, but I agree with council that we should leave it as it is. And if there's any paper, you can share it with the committee, and then we'll look at it. Council, are you winding up? Honorable Chair, if I may.
5: Uh, Honorable Chair, I'm done. Once you have agreed with me. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
3: Honorable Chair, if I may say something slightly on that matter. Because I was going to end a component in respect. I was going to add a little thing in respect of that question. Because my brother did refer to the privilege I had benefiting from that but the most important thing is that I'll be the last person and in fact the very last person to deprive anybody of his promotion I can't even think of that my colleagues who work with us in, in the context of the appointment and promotion board cannot even think of that we work as a team so we want it to be on record thank you. Very
1: good. So, Inspector General, Police be good enough to give us a paper relative to um, the uh, regulation 37.7. And then, and then we'll make it part of our um, recommendations. Officer and Member of Parliament, are you winding up
0: or you have a long way to go? Um, Chairman, thank you very much. I just started, but you know what you did to me? Uh, Basically, what you did was make sure that I'm the last person to speak, so many of the questions will be gone, and they're actually gone. So don't worry, I will soon soon finish. Um, Inspector General of Police, you and I know that when you go on parade and they say stand at ease, It is a leadership drill that is being taught even at that basic level. As you open your legs wide, one leg is on the police public, your other leg is on the general public. And when you stand well, you are relaxed. That is why we say you are at ease. At any material time that the police public is not happy or the general public is not happy, you find yourself wobbling. Commissioner Mensah says, in his opinion, you are the worst IGP in his 31-year-old career. That is his opinion. And he cited things like even assessing crime statistics these days by the public is difficult. Police public relations officers across the regions have all been shut up. They don't speak again. You are here with us, and it's an opportunity. For me, I think there's an opportunity for you to tell Ghanaians. If this assessment from Commissioner Mensah is wrong, as you alluded to initially, and you mentioned a lot of things that you are doing, I've also just mentioned two things that he also mentioned in doing the balancing act. What would be your comment regarding public relations activities and accessibility to information from the police by the public? Thank you.
3: Honorable Chair,
0: thank you. Honorable Chair,
3: listening to the Honorable Member, I picked three of them, and maybe one is in one container. Two, two are in one container, and the other is in a different container. The first one you were talking about the police community, and I can assure you the police community is at peace with itself. Let me say this, chair, as leaders and by godly natural design, you can't have everybody liking you. and even it will not happen, that everybody will like you. Let's be very analytical on this matter. As somebody who believes in tradition and culture because of my multi-ethnic background, as a Ghanaian, everywhere you want to install a chief or a busi not everybody will agree on a candidate. Yet at the end of the day, we get a candidate and the rest who may not like that candidate. The leader and the leadership have to find a way of pulling everybody together. Even if you want to be very divine, let's go to the religious third, where God Almighty so pretend, in terms of who should be his rep in this word in connecting to us as his creation. Even in there, when a leader of a church is being appointed, they go through a process where some people may choose somebody and then others also may choose. But at the end of the day, the one who marches the maximum number is become. And not everybody did that for him. And honourable chair, permit me to use your individual self in terms of your constituency election to become members of parliament. Nobody voted and got 100% before coming here. And even in some cases, nobody even got 50%, especially when you have multiple candidates. So some people, maybe members of parliament, would have about 40% or they're about representing a constituency made up of 100% of people. That is what it is. So in the same context within the police service, as Inspector General Police working with my colleagues, we as a team, we can get everybody appreciating what we do. But this is what we do differently. Because we have what I call mindfulness mindset. We are aware of this and we try to get everybody along in respect to whether the person likes or does not. And I've demonstrated it. These are my brothers. In spite of all what is happening, at the break, I walk through them. We have to chat. It means getting along. We may have differences, but that should not stop us from working together. So this is what you've done, pulling everybody together, and having majority, a very substantial majority, of the police community being so happy and falling in love with us because we won their hearts and minds in terms of what we do. And I give you about three of them. First, and I started this when I was the Director of General Welfare. I taught almost everywhere in the country visiting police people who are indisposed and they are in their homes. Some years, nobody has visited them. And it gave me an understanding of the suffering of some police people when they are becoming disposed and everybody has forgotten about them. So through that we work on mechanisms and brought them to the picture and provided them with all the support that they need. It's something that I have continued when I became the Inspector General of Police. Everywhere across the country that I have been to, the 92 or above percent, going to every village, every town, every city across the country, I touch base and visit all police people who are indisposed. And after that, we work towards making sure that they get the needed help that led to the, even the establishment of the Police Emergency Medical Intervention Fund that can take every police officer to everywhere in the country and be provided with support. These are the, some of the soft touches, I mean soft things that we do beyond all the broad things, including not denying everybody promotion and having a listening ear. But two more of those sort of things. Anytime, anybody, and mostly at the highest level, need to be reassigned. I call them personally. Some of them, after we have discussed at POMAP, and we think that this person should go here and go there. At times we put it even across for Puma to look and submit, I mean, suggest names that will go to places. And I call them personally to check and plead with them based on my regimental diplomacy so that they can go and function there. So that they go with a very positive and encouraged mindset. So that at the end of the day, where those people have issues, maybe my child is preparing for BC, maybe I just moved my family from this place and my wife or somebody is involved in something. We consider it. And when we consider that, we stop it and then find an alternative Officer to handle that. Again, every police officer, including all my colleagues at the very top, brother, sister, is how I introduce them. And then, speaking to them, please, thank you, regimental diplomacy. And finally, under soft off, until recently that I have reduced it every day across the country, I pick one police officer in each region, celebrating his birthday or her birthday, and I go to wish the person a happy birthday. Or in the quest of bringing everybody on board, especially the limited number who naturally, by natural law, will not be with you, so that they also feel comfortable and belong. Imagine you are there in your District or station, and receive a call, and IGP said today is your birthday, and I want to wish you a happy birthday. There have been two instances that I have been in a region, Nicodemusly organised for a cake, and walk to a police station, and handing over the cake to the person, and then becomes a party there and there. So we know that not everybody, will like us, but we have a way of making sure that everybody feel belong. And I've done that with my colleagues as a team and get into that. Now coming to the other issue of the Public Affairs Department. Honorable Chair, it is something we have discussed at POMA, agreed upon a strategy for redefining our engagement with the public in a manner that sits well with international best practice. You have a system where you get up in the morning, everybody across the country, across at times district division and regional level, granting interviews on matters of police from a perspective that at times not informed by the full facts. And at the end of it all, when the facts come, the organization looks unpresentable and you keep dampening the spirit of the organization, and continue to smear the image of the service in bad light. So we agreed at POMA that we need to redefine it as part of our transformation agenda. such that at the end of the day, before you speak to a matter, be sure that you have the full facts so that gradually we'll create a system where something happens, and the whole community, the whole people will say that until the police have come out, we don't believe what is being said. Rather than having a system where everybody is talking with half truth and putting the police in bad light because people think that it's coming from the police, it's not very worthy. How can we then win the hearts and minds of the public for them to partner with us to police them in a manner? that will make the country feel at peace. So all this matter is not the invention of Dampari. It is something that we've looked at and then got all the commanders at all levels involved and get their inputs before it's handled. Because I can remember a police management with regional commanders' meetings were held, and all the PROs were brought, and they deliberated on this, and we all saw that this is good for the organization. Then the question that came, then how do we do things and inform the public timely so that there won't be any gap? Then we said that we will not sit down for things to happen on Friday and we behave as if we are not a security institution. We said that it is in the weekend, so we will inform the public the next day, I mean the next Monday. But we know from my little understanding of media and information space, it's like a chair. Whoever walks in first, sit on it. And you cannot come and sit on top of him or her. By that time, the public might have been informed or misinformed based on that information. So we need to have a very efficient way of getting information there as soon as possible. That is why you see that in recent times, information from police across all our media space are delivered on matters as soon as we have the full fast, that will inform the public to continue to deepen their trust, confidence and respect for us. We do that irrespective of the time of the day. You can have us coming out with information in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, in the night, in at dawn. And at times when you release information at dawn, then you hear the next day people are saying, "Are oh, these people, don't they sleep? because we love what we do and we are committed to doing it. So we are living international best practice and this has redefined the way we go about pushing half through there and using that to dampen the spirit of the organization. And finally, we have even gone to the extent of ensuring that when that information is out there there is no way it becomes something that people cannot rely on. So, Honorable Chair, there is nothing that we are doing that is not informed by our strategy to transform and become the best institution in the country and reference point for the world. And by way of example, internationally and nationally, we are also learning from other institutions the way they conduct their public affairs. So, the international standards we are looking for is both national in character and an international also in character or design. So, we are very focused in working together as a team and with the public and with all stakeholders, including Parliament, to ensure that we have the best police service in Africa and beyond. I thank you.
0: Um, uh, Please, uh, i just
3: let me get
1: um, the gentleman over here has covenanted with me to ask just one more question, and I come to um, Vice because we are about to conclude today's proceedings.
0: So, Honorable, you have the floor. Thank you very much, Chairman. I have one question, and then I will just make it very brief. It is in two parts A and B. Um, <laughs> The the A is just just requiring you to say yes or no. The A is requiring you to just say yes or no. Aji, has Chief Buguru Nabu ever lobbied for you to become or to be appointed Inspector General of Police, just yes or no? Honourable Chair,
3: the fundamental point is this. I have been in the service for all this long, by the grace of God. Angie,
1: I crave your kind indulgence. Your man is saying just answer yes or no, was he part of the lobbying team to get you, I mean, appointed as the IG? Yes or no? Honourable Chair. Yes.
0: The answer is no.
1: That's enough. We don't need more than that.
0: And you should count yourself very lucky that you found a parliamentary committee telling you that this document here, CI-76, should be reviewed. I'm sure if you wanted to review it and you wanted to get parliamentarian to listen to you, you go through a lot of frustration. So this is free counseling. Um, the last question. You and I know that if a police regional commander reports to you that a particular district commander Doesn't have the capacity to become a district commander and he wants you to transfer him or her. The question you'll be asking is where should I send him or her to? What have you done about the incapacity or incompetence of such an officer? You have a responsibility to recommend capacity building for such an officer so that the person will be updated for use. You can't abandon an officer and the government will be paying such a person at your level. If you find an assistant commissioner, a chief superintendent of police, probably six, seven years in his rank, not being promoted, by virtue of the fact that the person's competence level is questionable. IGP. Two options. Abandon to rot, or spend money to build capacity and promote and use. Which one would be your choice? Thank you. Honorable
3: Chair, the most important thing is that it's something that we have found a way of deliberating upon it since I came on board as the head of the organization. And my colleagues and I, we've not been able to agree, and knowing the point I've made here, that I've always been a team player. And once we've not had a solid consensus, that has been the bane of the issue. But I can assure you it's a deep reflection for us, and we are going to look at it and work with God speed and get that thing handled in a manner that everybody will feel at peace. I thank you.
1: Okay. Now,
0: Vice Chair. This question may not sound palatable to the ears of uh, the political class, but nevertheless, I would ask. With your kind of permission, Chairman. IGP. Um, um, it has been said here what that you are in the habit of arresting politicians <laughs> for traffic infractions. An example was given To the effect that a second vice chairman of a political party was arrested by your, uh, by they said you. What is your reaction to this? Do you have apply your laws in a targeted manner? With the aim to fishing out politicians and dealing with them, so to speak. I need your reaction to this because it's very important, you know. Honorable Chair, uh,
3: the most important thing is this I am the Inspector General Police. My officers at Poma and all other commanders across the country. As we sit here, people have been arrested in accordance with law. I am not the one doing the arrest. So I have not personally arrested anybody by being discriminatory. It's just that police officers are out there doing their work of enforcing the law. And then they are not doing it on my instructions. They are doing it in accordance with the laws of the country which have been passed by parliament. So this is exactly what they are doing out there. And we understand the discomfort that such arrests by these officers happen. And I pray and wish that as a country, we'll get to a point where our compliance with law will be such that those arrests will not even arise. Because, Hon. chair you agree with me. When my colleagues and I had the opportunity, with this privilege, and once again, with appreciation to Mr. President for appointing me as Inspector General Police, In our quest to transform, we saw that indiscipline on our roads were getting to a point of no return. And the number of accidents and the associated death or injuries leading to amputation of legs and hands and other parts of the body was becoming something unthinkable. So we decided to work in a way that will send the right message to everybody that let us come back to our Ghanaian-ness of being disciplined for the sake of the lives of everybody. So the arrest of people is so unpleasant to the leadership of the police service, especially when they're involved in people Occupy important positions in society. Not to say that anybody's above the law, in a way, but to make the point that we wanted, as a team and as an institution, responsible for the work that you're doing, to encourage everybody to be in compliance. And the level that the thing has gotten to, we needed to come out with something that will send the message, which as we speak, it has been sent. Now look at the sanity on our roads. Look at the number of lives being saved. And let's go to the hospitals and find out the reduction in amputation of legs, hands, and other parts of people's body because somebody is being disciplined on the road. And as I keep saying, if you have had patient enough to be in our mother's womb for nine months before bed, you should be patient enough to wait for two minutes or less for a traffic light to come green, or be patient enough to knowing that I'm traveling and I need to catch my flight, and the flight is, say, at 2 o'clock, to finish everything and get to the port before that, than to be in hurry and then be in the middle or some other places impeding the free flow of traffic. The questions that we normally ask, so touch wood, supposing whilst we were going, you knock somebody down, what will you do? Will you still continue the journey or you will stop? So putting all this together, we were mindful of what it is that needs to be done in order to regain the consciousness of the people so as to save life. And the final thing in relation to that is the arrest of motorbikes under one of the initiatives that my colleagues and I have put in place. Cooperation Parry, Police Action Against Rider Indiscipline. We looked at it, and we said that riders crossing red light left, right, center, driving on pavement and all that, is also another bigger problem. But we cannot apply the same methodology for dealing with the vehicles to the, driver, to the riders, because these riders, That is the riding he or she does, mostly he for his livelihood livelihood. And at times even the value of the motorbike that you are using is at times less than thousand Ghana cities. Or maximum some two thousand, three thousand. And they do this in discipline, and you arrest such a driver, such a rider, and you send him or her to court, and the court Find him or her guilty and say that you are supposed to pay a fine of say about a thousand. Even if he sells the motorbike, he won't be able to raise the money. So we've been circumspect and we don't send those people to God. We rather get them arrested, educate them, and then release them and keep the education going. And out of that, we even establish rider police riders ambassador to continue to engage these people so that together we we'll bring discipline on our roads in our communities and this has led to the reduction that we have out there and that led to the situation for a long time having riders average of about 90 percent we are still on there we haven't got it to 100 percent yet stopping our traffic light and waiting for the green to signal before they move on I thank you so um,
1: yes, um, Vice will ask his last question and then we bring proceedings to a close oh, oh,
0: Thank you Chairman for uh, granting me the opportunity to but I've uh, exhausted yes, my questions also. I have exhausted my All questions right.
1: I want to read to the benefit of uh, uh, the witnesses uh, before this committee and I want to Attention to bear on Article 103.6 of the Constitution. A committee appointed under this article shall have the powers, rights, and privileges of the High Court or a justice of the High Court at a trial for a enforcing the attendance of witnesses. And examining them on oath, affirmation, or otherwise, compelling the production of documents, and C issuing a commission or request to examine witnesses abroad. Um, We had an issue with Chief Bugri who said because of. the of Chief Tensi, National House of Chiefs meeting, he couldn't show up today. And we oblige him that he should come tomorrow. So tomorrow is a setting of this committee. We are also um, asking the Minister for national security to appear tomorrow. So Inspector General of Police, I know you are a very busy man. Tomorrow come with your two lawyers as we continue proceedings. When we meet, um, you have a sense of where we are going with this matter. But all that will happen will relate to first of all the audio which has been said is doctored, and then the second audio that is being said captures the comprehensiveness of the meeting in Chief Bukin Nabu's um, 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 office. So Council, I read, I mean, the, the constitution, not for the benefit of the RGPF, but for your benefit, because of where you were treading. And um, we will see how it pans out um, um, uh, tomorrow. But if the IGP could say uh, some of your senior officers, I mean, should remain at post, you know, so they don't come over, it could be good. I mean, so that they'll be attending to businesses in the uh, police headquarters. But we've seen them and. Uh, Respect are coming.
0: Yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. We have in our midst also one of the. Um, Decent ladies who glorify um, womanhood in the political Arena. Uh, she's a Deputy Minister for Finance. Honorable Abna Asari. You have some association with the uh, Lawakwamijano. What is it?
4: With both of them. They are all from Itiwak. And, oh. and, and that's why I'm here today. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <moral support. laughs> yes. Um Lawyer Kwame Jan and uh, the IGP. I didn't know this, you know. Oh, you didn't
1: know that the IGP was from I didn't you know. Hell. It's a fact. He's never told me. The
0: man is from a morsel, a growthful morso. I, I,
1: I've never done that. I've never investigated the IGP. Uh, as to where it comes from, I've never attempted that. Yeah.
0: So, and uh, yet, uh, the of Chibi.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes but the, the, the two people who are all my subjects you know uh, this gentleman and, and then Abna, but um, she's not um, giving me the largest of her office. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I leave it to God. So, Aji, this is how. Tomorrow's proceedings are going to begin. Bugri Nabu will be here. He should come. I mean I think by this video he's hearing my voice. You come with his lawyers of consequence. The witnesses should come back tomorrow with their lawyers. The Inspector General of Police should come with his lawyers. The Minister for National Security should show up with his lawyers and the proceedings will continue. I was glad when I heard Aichi saying that uh, in relation to arresting um, um, politicians with vehicles and they are in a rush, there is also arrest of... um, um, individuals are um, using motorbikes, but the police establishment exercises discretion in the manner in which they apply the sanctions. The politicians go and pay the huge fines, and then the um, um, dispatch, uh, the dispatch, the motor people are educated. You see, I, I think it's a very... Um, fair and reasonable way of human engagement <laughs> so tomorrow I will exercise a similar discretion. <laughs> uh,
6: um,
1: on this note oh, okay yes Honorable um, Honorable Lube Ernest from Ashiaman, you, you are most welcome we thank you for joining us so tomorrow's time is 10 a.m. in the forenoon. And we hope to see all the individuals here. And then we'll, we'll proceed. We appreciate your coming. And in the absence of any other matter, Aji you want to say a word?
3: Yeah. Yes, I want to by way of my... Concluding remark because I know after you have spoken I won't have the opportunity to speak. Having said that, I want first of all to thank you and the members of the committee for the invitation to come and to speak. I also would like to thank my family the Achemu one, the Kawu one, the Kropon one, and the representing the Guam's one for the encouragement and the support. I also want to thank the Church of My Birth and My Upbringing, the Presbyterian Church of Ghana, for their prayers and support across the country. And again, I want to thank the Church of my Baptism and Fellowship, the Church of Pentecost, for, from Chairman himself to the least person for their continual prayer support towards me. And more importantly, I want to thank Mr. President for his continual reposing trust in me and the support he gives me. And finally, I want to thank the good people of Ghana, the good people of Ghana, for their ways of encouragement, their support and everything. In the context of thanking the good people of Ghana, I want also to thank the thousands of police officers across the country for the excellent job that they are doing and the many, many, many sending me letters of encouragement, words of encouragement, phone calls and everything, and I assure them that I will continue doing my best in that capacity in service of God and in country. I thank you very much, sir. Well,
1: it's good you came and God permitting tomorrow we continue the proceedings on that note the proceedings are hereby adjourned to tomorrow at 10 o'clock in the forenoon and on that note as well the head of Ghana's police service, and all the witnesses are discharged. Thank you very much.
6: For today, the IGP, Georgia Kufa Dampari, uh, has testified before the commission. Quite an interesting one it has been since morning. Aman uh, Samuel Samilimbura is still on the ground. He'll be trying to interact with uh, some persons and pick feedback for, for, for us. But the news is that uh, tomorrow, Mr. NABU will be present and the IGP himself is expected to be there, plus uh, the other witnesses who've appeared so far. But for now, uh, the analysis continues and uh, blessed, so guys, yeah, yeah blessed. We've been A monitoring since Indeed, and,
7: and for many of us who've had our own doubts about why this committee has to be set up, at least we're getting to see firsthand mm-hmm. uh, the essence of transparency and the need for the IGP to present present himself and to answer. A number of questions that are, uh, you know, begging for responses, starting off with, with uh, first of all, uh, the circumstances under which the um, audio got leaked into the public, what kind of relations uh, the IGP has with uh, Mr. Nabu, who will be appearing before this same committee tomorrow. Uh, that will be very interesting because we are on, all on the lookout for that. Uh, the fact that uh, he is publicly denying ever having any uh, strong ties with Mr. Yeah. Nabu and also and uh, even uh, when the service he was looking itself. for the job.
6: Yes. Yeah, and even the service mm-hmm. I- itself, he says that they don't have any contractual arrangements because we had heard earlier uh, that the, the service has a certain form of arrangement with Mr. Nabu. Mm-hmm. But another thing we need yeah. to highlight, um, Blizzard, is the point of the interdiction mm-hmm. and how it muddied. You know, the whole process, because we heard from the chairman, Samuel Atachia, who was concerned about how this could potentially gag witnesses who were before uh, the committee and the timing of the interdiction. We just heard from the IHP that he had nothing Mm. to do with it. Uh, It's curious, though, (laughs) that he does say... Mm -hmm that I recused myself because this is a matter that concerns me. He knows It was how, a decision taken by mm-hmm. the police. He, he
7: knows how instructive that would be yeah. and, and the need to make that statement, yeah. particularly when you have senior police officers and those below his rank appearing mm. uh, before the same forum that he's uh, about to make public pronouncements. Mm. Perhaps he was in the know that, look, if you're going to appear before these individuals that you're interdicted, just before the public appearance, the in-camera hearings might not be favourable because it could turn really, really well. Then yep. it's uh, a good decision that the IGP has decided, first of all, to recuse himself and the subsequent decision to uh, also reverse that. What we're also seeing is some sort of, um, you know, Uh, solidarity, which is being declared in a subtle manner manner by uh, some of the leading figures of the Ghana Police service and also from the executive. So it's giving us a sense of what might happen in terms of the future of the IGP's tenure in office and as to whether or not government appears to be backing him. We see the likes of the deputy finance minister appear maybe on fa- uh, family and uh, Relational <laughs> ties. Yeah, you never know. Uh, but there's also, instructively to note, uh, the presence of the Deputy Interior Minister, who also made some appearances today, and the Deputy Minority Leader who says, look, you're not on trial, we need to fix the Ghana Police Service. And it's the reason for which uh, many will be looking out to see what the outcome will be tomorrow uh, as uh, Chief Bugri Nabo himself, the star witness and the man of the moment, as some will call him, uh, will appear before before the uh, committee. But, Benis, I'm grateful uh, that you're joining us and doing this Thanks. exceptional job. Uh, let's look at the implications for the Ghana Police Service. Uh, joining us now is a uh, fraud and security uh, consultant, uh, Richard Kumado, who's joining the conversation. Uh, Richard, you've been monitoring the engagements ever since, uh, of course, the IGP appeared. Are you satisfied with the outcome uh, for today?
8: make this year in a public one and i knew definitely with his high levels of emotional intelligence he will be there to answer the questions i am so so glad that for the first time he came to the camera and this is all what it is about and we need to encourage one another we need to work together as colleagues and when there are issues let's address them instead of you know creating the muddy waters for one another and i think i'm pleased with most of the questions and how
7: he answered him going forward you know the 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 igp striking a very reconciliatory uh, note there by calling COP Alex and the others as his brothers. Uh, he then goes ahead uh, to sort of exchange pleasantries with these individuals who are the same persons appearing before the committee and making some damning uh, allegations on the style of his leadership and some uh, relations uh, he's alleged uh, to have had with uh, you know, uh, Mr. Bugri Abu. Do you feel that um, in some way, somehow the IGP is trying to build bridges and to protect the service that he says he loves?
8: If you know Dan Parry very well and you know his leadership style, mm. uh, he's somebody who is well academia. And I think that aspect of the corporate life, 33 years in the service, class academia, meeting all manner of people and serving at the highest level as a de camp to a number of presidents and a number of senior people in public. He knows how to go about it. And I think his diplomacy and his leadership style has helped him a little bit a lot in this contentious position as an IGP. I think, by and large, this is a matter that needs to be dead in the house. It doesn't need to get into where it's going to. And this is what I said, that when you join the Security Intelligence Services, there are three things they teach you. One is to build a cover story. Number two is to escape an entrapment. And number three is to be invasive. I think entrapment is what has caught up with mine. Three senior brothers, and they find themselves in this situation. Let's and, and, you don't, and you don't see, uh,
7: and, and you don't see the IGP making use of any of the three, perhaps trying to cover up his story?
8: No, definitely. The IGP lives in the public space, and everything he does is in the public. I, Richard Kumado, has been calling uh, Mr. Dampare to Kablevoo when they were being beaten. He never responded to me, and I'm waiting for the day I'll see him in person, <laughs> I, I see so if I'm calling you, you are not coming. Yeah, very Thank interesting, very, very, interesting
7: very interesting, very interesting points you're, you're raising there. Uh, let's uh, cross over now. I understand that uh, the deputy chair uh, of that ad hoc committee, uh, James Agaga has been addressing the press. Where he's engaging uh, my colleague Samuel Mbura now. Uh, we can, uh, of course bring you some pictures. Uh, we'll bring that to you very shortly. Uh, but Richard, you're just building the point um, uh, about uh, you know, the need to unify the force and to you know, uh, promote some sort of cohesiveness um, amongst the rank and file of the Ghana Police Service going forward. How would you expect the ITP to go about that, um, knowing that these are very critical times for the service?
8: I think he needs to stop in that grounds a little bit. He has come under too much fire. Any time he begins to smart, I'm glad he's smiling before the cameras. Once they leave this place, they will need to call some of the big boys on board. They will need to soften the grounds. And we all make mistakes in life. Let them address it in a manner that promotes cohesiveness and unity. And that is the only tool they have to survive in these uh, uh, contentious times. Other than that, it will divide them. And nobody wins, and nobody loses in this particular situation. Mm.
7: Uh, the presence of the two witnesses, uh, including C. O. P. Alex Mensah today, what, what difference did that make, uh, psychologically speaking? Um, you know, on on the first of all, the the hearings of the committee and to the IGP himself.
8: Definitely, it helps the IGP to relax a little bit more, knowing that his colleagues are not far from where he's sitting to be able to address the issues, even though he was not mentioning their name, he was invariably addressing them, that we are not fighting, we have disagreements, and it shouldn't lead to where he's getting to. I am the big boy, let me take the blame, show that the responsibility, and once we leave the public hearing, let's go back and put our hands to work, because this is what we have been trained to do. I, Richard Kumado, has been trained to interpret human emotions in terms of body language and Ideas. I keep on watching Judge uh, Mesa in particular, Les, and I could see that you realize that in terms of what has happened, it's high levels of indiscretion. And anybody could find himself at the other side of the coin. Mm. And I think yeah. we need to address it at law okay. enforcement officers, as professionals, in order to break our round. Mm. Uh,
7: Richard Kumado, stay on with us. Let's hear from the chairperson of the committee, Samuel Attacha, who's uh, interacting with my colleague. Uh, uh, Samol Mbura. We can now uh, bring you live pictures then. ...on the
1: table should we investigate. That's what the speaker gave, the, the marching orders of the
0: speaker We look at it.
4: Would you say so far what the IGP has put out there in the public hearing, uh, falls for, within the remit of information that is not sensitive to national security?
1: I do not think there's anything which is so serious about national security. Because I would have stopped him. Because it's like he's trying to respond to some of the issues already raised and also if you are very observant most of the matters were already in the public domain i keep stressing this but people don't want to accept it all the matters on the tape were already with the public before we were constituted what we are trying to do is that in trying to um, dig out the evidence you should be careful that it's not going to sort of undermine national security that's what we are doing And uh, when somebody complains that, oh, uh, some people spoke without evidence, I'll ask this question. Did the IGP speak with evidence? (laughs) I I don't want to go there. He didn't speak with evidence. He was just responding to the issues. Because we said we will exercise the discretion to exact the evidence from the witness, if any. If he says he he has no evidence to back what he said,
4: then we, we will evaluate it. So, going forward tomorrow, you continue the setting. Will it going to be, will it, is it going to be something that is in camera or it will be open for the public? Well, let's
1: see how it goes. But I know on top of my head that the matters concerning the National Security Minister will be in camera. But the rest of them will take a quality decision.
4: Why should the National Security Minister come here?
1: Well, because the, uh, one of the witnesses I've forgotten said, I think it's Asari aha uh-huh. so pretend asari said he appeared before the uh, nib yeah
6: uh-huh.
1: aha say he says so yeah. so if he said so then how does that synchronize with what we are doing here and the evidence that's what we are attempting to find out
4: so we will likely see an interrogation of the or uh, cross-examination of these witnesses well l- let's see for
1: my part i believe that you look at some of these matters very deep because if it is necessary for cross examination, why not? Uh, somebody has made a serious allegation against you, and the person is seated. Why don't you begin to ask the person questions? So we we'll see all these things, but it's too early yet to give out all that I want to do because we are also doing further consultations, especially with the appointment. That look, these are matters that have come to the fore, and then we get proper directions as well. That's why I didn't want to go too much into the details what will happen tomorrow. But tomorrow when they come, we'll see how it plays What out.
4: happens to the petition from the officers that were alleging that they have been denied promotion by Dr. Akufu Dampari?
1: Well, we'll look at it. Uh-huh. So that is something that could be a matter of camera hearing that. what is it? He said a few things about it, but we go deep. In fact, even the petitioners, if they, are, they have the courage of their convictions, could come here. And um, and, and, and put their case strong before us. And then the IGP could be confronted with those matters. So we are likely to see the petitioners tomorrow here? We've not invited them. We are dealing with essentials. In other words, the promotions are not, if you like, central to the tape issues. Uh, It's very peripheral. So let's deal with the substance of the interrogation the remit of the committee, and then we continue.
4: Finally, Chairman, you've given the fair hearing per rule of natural justice to the IGP to come and clear the air. Is this an assurance that your committee uh, would ensure that there's a fair opportunity given to everyone and you come out with a solid report uh, in uh, switching the situation on the ground? From day one, I have issue. I stress that
1: I don't have any incentive to mess up somebody's life and career, what is that going to do for me? And I think the members of the committee have a similar attitude that why do you want to besmear another man? Why should somebody's disgrace be our joy? I don't think we are that mean to be doing it that way. And what is very important is that we are supposed to protect everybody to the best of our ability as a, a committee, and I keep saying that nobody will be shortchanged by the committee in terms of the evidence that we will write i mean and the rest of it we will never never shortchange anybody and nobody is trying to say slant the evidence to favor x or y and i don't think anybody has the power to do that against us you'll do it
4: all right chairman, thank you for your cooperation My so choice. blessed there's a uh chairman of the ad hoc committee investigating the what is, leaked tape um there some more so he has given the assurance that they will ensure that Every evidence or any material that matters, so far as this investigation is concerned, they will look into it. And uh, I think the IGP has solidarity uh, from the interior minister. We had a deputy, one of uh, the deputy interior minister, coming uh, to solidarize with the IGP. We also had the. Uh, MP for Etiwa East, uh, who is the Deputy Finance Minister, uh, Sarri, uh, Sarri, she says uh, the IGP is um, her constituents, like was the um, counsel for the IGP lawyer Kwame Jan. So um, we had uh, people coming together with him as well, the POMAB members, uh, and then the IGP 2 whom I'm, I'm told he wasn't quite well, but had to postpone everything, and come and solidarize with his his boss. So at the moment everything is done here, it has been over five years of grilling and going through uh, the entire process. The IGP has testified finally, which you've heard um, the the chairman of the committee uh, saying that now that they have given fair hearing to everyone, they'll proceed with further evidence available Uh, to them. So the the sitting continues tomorrow. Daniel Bugri-Nabu couldn't make it because he said he had equally important activities as a chief. We know he's a chief in the northeast region. So the lawyer wrote to the committee that he was unavailable due to that. But tomorrow, it is expected that Mr. Bugri-Nabu will come before the committee and the interrogation uh, of the IGP would also continue. But as of now, we don't know whether it is going to be a public hearing or they will go in, in camera, per what the uh, chairman of the committee, Mr. As- Asamo Atachia, is telling us.
7: Okay, uh, Samuel Mbura, my colleague there, uh, still monitoring events for us. Uh, two individuals I have now, uh, Richard Kumado, a security analyst, and Dr. Adam Bona, uh, who's also joining the conversation. Uh, Dr. Bona, for you, now it's confirmed that Bugrinabu will be making an appearance tomorrow, and the firm assurance from the committee chair uh, that all of this will be done firm and square. Yes,
5: correct. Good afternoon and good afternoon to my colleague, uh, Richard Komadok. Yes, uh, yes, for me, it's uh, instrumental, very informative, and probably this is the day all of us, some of our, personally, I was waiting for. You can see that uh, technically this is a gossip or call it, you know, a plot that has gone very wrong and it looks like a lot of things were said in the open. And so some of us who knew these officers were lying, kept hammering that they are just liars. They are just liars and they are just liars. And you can see from the IGP's own demeanor, you can see his POMAB members following him and, uh, you know, through the sitting. And a lot of things he said, which are public knowledge now. So what I can say is that this to me looked more like the vetting of the Inspector General of Police. It sounded to me like a vetting where you, the president, would appoint, uh, you know, a Minister of State or the Chief, a Chief Justice, or somebody, let's say the E.C. Somebody, and you have to go through Parliament then they put questions to you, what would you do if you are given such a position? But you can see uh, this time around, it is not what uh, an IGP was going to do, but it is what an IGP has done that is being scrutinized today. And so as far as I'm concerned, I think we would have to move on. We would have to move on and uh, unite the country believing that these disgruntled, disgraced police officers will, will, I mean, he's going on the 16th, he will never be called to become the IGP so that he would try any attempt to say, I would break the aids for the MPP because mm-hmm. even though we had, an, we had John Mama, His Excellency appoint John Kudalo 2016, NDC lost by a landslide okay MPP won by a landslide if you want to if you want to you know turn it around, and so, as far as i 'm concerned, these officers I think we might have to forgive them. recommendations should be made, but we should forgive them as a country and move on because okay, can uh, Dr. See, Bonavent,
7: but not no, during, so during, so.
5: let me just yeah. run. during mm-hmm. the testimony, largely, their heads were bowed, and for me, that alone was enough that uh, the day of reckoning, I believe, partially we are
7: seeing it. Okay. And so we
5: need to move on and unite this Yeah,
7: country. your views then, but not, not to move on so fast. There are a number of questions the IGP would have to answer. Uh, tomorrow, we know that Bo Green-Abu will be appearing before the committee. Uh, very interesting times ahead, knowing that the IGP is, for the very first time, telling us that he has... No working relations, no dealings at all with Bugrin Abu. That's, that, for some people, uh, is strange, given the fact that we're seeing some videos already on social media uh, where this chief is making some claims.
5: Well, the point is that if I have reviewed those videos, and I, if you review those videos, uh, from the look of things, it looks like the young men who I don't even know who they are, apart from Bugrin Abu himself, we're trying to get Bugri Nabu to admit to certain things, and uh, I am told, largely, that to a very large extent, from what I, my intel tells me, Bugri Nabu was actually even threatened. Um, you know, he was threatened. I don't know uh, whether he has made a report to the police. He was threatened, so I'm told he was put under a lot of duress. You can see he was on his own, and you have this young, able man who are pushing him to admit to certain things. And you and I know that uh, when you are put under duress to admit certain things, that will not fly in the face of law. And so as far as I'm concerned, Bukri Abu should be brought back again. Let him come and, and testify. The IGP today, I'm not holding brief for any of them. For me, I, we, some of us will continue to remain where we are, continue to support the truth. Bukri Abu should come tomorrow, and come and tell the whole world that IGP said, I have no working relationship with you. And so do you deny or do you accept? Having a working relationship with an institution is different from having a working relationship with, uh, what do you call that, an individual, your boss, uh, what's the name? Uh, your, I know I, I deal with all of you. And so dealing with all of you, I deal with all of you more than probably. I don't remember the last time I spoke to the CEO of, I mean, the the owner of your business. And so I can't go and sit anywhere and say, I have a personal relationship uh, with, with your boss. I would say I have a relationship with multimedia. So sometimes I could get to any of you when I need some information. You could get to me. So at that level, yes. But so we need to be able to separate the real things from the CHAP, and I am happy. The chairman of the occasion have maintained that they are not, you know, losing focus. They should go strictly according to their terms of reference, the the TOR, because mine is that uh, they are not put there to investigate or inquire into police administrative uh, functions. That is not what they were asked to do. They could go into some of the areas, for instance, promotions, I'm even wondering how uh, anyone would recommend, uh, would, would direct that promote this person or promote that person when there is a law governing or regulating promotions. So as far as I'm concerned, mm. uh, these persons, we know what has taken place and we know what has come out, and they attempt to mix up the issues, which, is, which today we have listened to the, from the horse's own map. What he has done, because if they say you are the worst IGP, you people did uh, multimedia, you did uh, a poll, uh, you know, rate the IGP. I saw it this morning, it was interesting. You can see how ordinary Ghanaians who have no working relationship with the security agencies like myself and my colleague, uh, Richard Kumado, we who every day you have a relationship working with all the security agencies. So we would tend to know a lot of these things. Ordinary persons who are seeing uh, visibility officers on the street, if you have to travel to my home region, the Upper West region, now you are not fearful that there will be bandits on this road. There were times when plane used to not go there, you have to go by bus, everybody. Or you have to travel with your own vehicle. You must wait in between towns for the police to shepherd you from one community. The other, as if you were in a war torn zone. If you dare disobey the police, they would, they, they, the highway robbers would kill you. And it used to happen. And so, mine is that these things, we've seen a significant reduction. Is that not what all of us, me, I want to sleep. And when I sleep, I get up in the morning and I don't hear of robberies today. Okay. A lot has changed. So, for me, I think that uh, I am happy we've heard from the horses. Mm. Over. And uh, you know, I, I what again are they going to even discuss? Yeah, I'm not, uh, uh, yeah. So let's, so let's see, I'm let's not see not what then happens. whatever mm. they are going to talk about. But yeah. I will tell you that whatever we need to hear, the general public need to hear. Mm. There's nothing again they are going yeah, to. Yeah, but, but but, but uh,
7: the, the committee t- uh, indicating that tomorrow uh, will we'll definitely uh, likely have that uh, in camera hearing, uh, which we are all on the lookout for. Uh, Richard Kumado, if you're also with us, uh, the, the possibility of this uh, appearance of the IGP opening up the conversation about further probes into some happenings at the police service, uh, you know, especially when it comes to contracts. Uh, that's, you know, widely circulated on social media as well, uh, with Chief Bugrina, who allegedly confirming that he takes some payments uh, from the police service for security works, but there are issues about possible contracts and handouts that should be given. The IGP speaking clearly to say now that, in terms of his promotion or appointment to become IGP, there was absolutely no facilitation from Bo Nabo. Uh, is it time to have other security agencies, the BNI, or the National Security Ministry, uh, the Office of the Special Prosecutor, to get involved in this? Is it time for that to happen?
8: Oh, no, when I have lived in the, the CID block for like four to five years, so I have a broad background about how things work there. The police service, the military, A lot of people supply them with stuff. And these are individuals. And these are civilians who supply them with whatever they need. So, having a contract to supply stuff to the police service has nothing to do uh, with Dampali. Dampali used a coded word where he said two things he said. He said, I have no working relationship with Abu. That was what every professional would tell you. Even if Abu is his informant, he will not say. And having an informant and access for information. It is common with everybody. Then again, he said a second thing. They asked him directly. Did Guguin Naboo lobby for you to become an IGP? Look at the federal view of Dan Paris. 33 years in the service. You don't think he's qualified to become an IGP? Richard Kumando, this year will be my 28 years in security intelligence. Today in Ghana and many parts of the West, I have people who are six years and six generations down to me who I have trained in this country called Ghana. And they are managing sensitive national security institutions. And they call for advice almost sometimes. And so tomorrow, if I am made Director BNI or National Security Minister, you question who lobbied for me. I will not lobby. And I can tell you, down Parin did not lobby. Blessed, no, I can no, tell you on authority that the state itself is struggling to get people to man these positions. The National Security Coordinator is a politician. The Director of BNI is a politician. And they struggle to get Dan Parry. So you think the president, just throw him into the air, we can put our last bet on the mind mm. that throw Dan Parry out of the wind and bring somebody who doesn't fit into the equation. And you will see the problems. Okay. But I'm saying that today, Dan Parry showed maturity. He's a big boy. He should go back, let them sit over a cup of tea, bring in the big boys like Kofi Buachi, a Dr. Brie, who is a lawyer, bring all those big boys, sit over a cup of tea, and address some of these issues, and let's go.
7: Okay, uh, we'll see how that will pan out. Of course, the president is the ultimate uh, person to decide on this matter uh, of either uh, you know, firing or keeping the IGP. Thanks, gentlemen, for joining us, uh, Richard Kumado and Dr. Adam Buna. That's all we have for you in this package. We'll see you uh, in the next hour of this is the polls as we wrap up uh, on the Joy News Channel. Next is Let's Stop Showbiz. Thanks for your time.